gentlemen, the Brit Pack is back. Simon Head from Rochester in the UK, flying solo as we unpack a wild, wild night at UFC London. The boy Sandu is probably somewhere over the Atlantic right now. He's flying back home to Toronto in Canada. He's had a mad week. I've had a mad week. Despite being in the same country, despite being in the same city, despite even being in the same building at points during fight week, we didn't really get the opportunity to sit down and chat for too long because working in different circles really. Sandu working with VT Sport on like the broadcaster side of things. I was working as part of the, uh, the credentialed media. And uh, so while we were kind of in the vicinity of each other, we didn't get much opportunity to actually sit down and, and sort of shoot the breeze and chat about stuff, which was a bit of a shame, but what a week we both had. Absolutely manic and uh, what a night it turned out to be at the O2 Arena, the biggest fight night in UFC history, according to President Dana White, and a fight night that completely re-energized the UFC president into getting the international events up and running again. He's already committing to coming back to the UK. That is music to my ears, it's music to Sandu's ears, and music to the ears of the nearly 18,000 fans who packed the O2 Arena on Saturday night. Where do we start? guys what an event this was supposed to be a 13 fight card so a quick word for the man who lost out on this fight card nathaniel wood was due to be on this card i mentioned on the preview show that he lives closer to the arena than anybody else on this fight card and so for him to to end up losing his bout before it even started vince morales his opponent unfortunately having to uh withdraw from the event just a few days before um due to illness meant that Nathaniel was left without an opponent and didn't get to perform. So that meant we had a 12-fight card. There were uh, 10 Brits on the card, and what an event it was. We had nine finishes from those 12 fights. Every single one of those finishes earned the recipient a $50,000 bonus. Unprecedented stuff from uh, UFC president Dana White dishing out uh, $350,000 worth of bonuses uh, on fight night. No fight of the night, which is a shame because Jack Shaw fully deserved a, some sort of bonus for his brilliant win over Timo Valiev, which may have been, from a technical standpoint, one of the best fights of the night. I thoroughly enjoyed that matchup. His performance was outstanding. Uh, I hope the UFC chucked a few bucks his way because I thought he was certainly deserving of a bonus check. But Tom Aspinall, Arnold Allen, Paddy Pimlet, Molly McCann, Ilya Tapuria, Makwan Amirkani, Sergei Pavlovich, Paul Craig, and Mohamed Mikhaev all going home with 50 Gs in the old skyrocket. They must be absolutely made up. But my goodness me, what an event. It is currently Monday evening as I come to you, um, just about an hour away from the O2 Arena here in uh, Rochester in, in England. And I've just about recovered. It's the first UFC event we've had over here in three years. And it was mental. It was absolutely nuts. And uh, I didn't know quite what we were going to get. Would the pressure be too much for, for some of the fighters? You know, Obviously, you know, we've been waiting for this for so long. And to see so many British fighters step up and produce career-defining performances in many cases was just an absolute joy as a, as a as an English journalist to see this this crop of talent 
who we knew had the potential actually fulfilling that potential in front of our very eyes on the world stage and uh, leaving Dana White absolutely gobsmacked, impressed, delighted, re-energized, as he said in his post-fight press conference. So um, that was remarkable stuff. What we'll do, we will tack Dana White's press conference audio onto the end of this podcast because it's a good half hour. We had a lot of very keen people backstage um, during UFC fight night. Lots of lots of media who perhaps haven't covered a lot of big MMA shows before, and there's a lot of excitement, uh, a lot of keenness, and uh, a lot of people desperate to get their questions in. So the scrums were longer than usual. Um, the post-fight press conference segments were longer than usual. Um, we'll share a few of them with you as we go through the show, but uh, the Dana White one was particularly long. So what we'll do, I'll tack that onto the end uh, after we wrap up. And uh, if you want to listen to that, you can just carry on listening and that will appear. And uh, yeah, it's this will be a bumper edition of the show, but hopefully plenty of content here that you will be certainly interested in listening to as we go through. So let's just go through this fight card, shall we? I mean, what a fight card it was. Let's start at the top. Tom Aspinall defeats Alexander Volkov. Straight armbar submission. Three minutes, 45 seconds into the very first round. I cannot stress to you just how high the ceiling is for Tom Aspinall. It is really just quite incredible. You take a look at the UFC heavyweight division, and I've taken a day to sort of marinate on this and sort of really have a proper think because you can get overexcited. You come away from these things. You're always overly energized, recency bias, everything else. But I genuinely think this event was the best event that I've ever covered in the UK. And I've covered a few. My first UFC event was UFC 120 way back when. And I've covered most of the UFC shows over here since. I've covered loads overseas, atmosphere-wise, momentum of the card-wise, just standout moments-wise. This card is right up there in the top three or four events I've ever been at in terms of mixed martial arts. In terms of in the UK, this was number one. Michael Bisbing defeating Dan Henderson at UFC 204 was a mad one. Michael Bisbing defeating Anderson Silva at the 2 was my previous number one. But I think top to bottom, strength in depth, this fight card beats it. I think this fight card was like a coming of age of UK mixed martial arts. You know, this is the next generation coming through. We had Mark Weir and uh, Ian Freeman back in the days of the brawl at the hall, brawl at the Royal Albert Hall. Then we had Michael Bisbing, Dan Hardy, Brad Pickett. And now we've got the next generation coming through. Let's not forget Darren Till is still in the mix. Let's certainly not forget that Leon Edwards is very much in the mix. Dana White confirmed this week he will be fighting Kamaru Usman for the UFC World Weight title later this year. Hopefully, International Fight Week. I say hopefully because I'm going to International Fight Week. To have Leon on that card would be absolutely perfect. So, fingers crossed that gets, that gets confirmed as soon as possible. But in terms of the next wave of talent, this fight night was absolutely uh, a celebration of the strength in depth of UK mixed martial arts and what a night it was. So let's kick it off with Tom Aspinall in that main event. For him to win the, the fight against Alexander Volkov was a big, a big thing. Just, just getting a win. To beat Volkov is no mean feat. To do it in the way that he did it was just outstanding. You know, Volkov was never in the fight. 
he was never in the fight. Aspinall was lighting him up with strikes early, hammering him with leg kicks. He was switching stances, giving him different looks. Volkov didn't know what to do with him. And before he knew it, he was down on his backside and taking some heavy ground and pound. There was a Kimura attempt at one point that Tom eventually decided to abandon. The fight ended up back on the feet again. That was the moment that Volkov really needed to impose himself on Aspinall. He tried, threw a couple of punches, went for a head kick. Aspinall leant back like Neo in the Matrix, missed missed the head kick beautifully. Volkov followed up behind expertly with some punches. I mean, that's the best way to follow up a kick that misses, come straight behind it with punches. And that's what he did. Aspinall slips the punch perfectly, goes straight into a takedown and never let Volkov back up. That was game over at that point. Took him down, locked up that straight armbar submission. Volkov taps, three minutes, 45 seconds. Tom Aspinall is the real deal, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, taking a look at the uh, the UFC heavyweight division, as I say, I don't want to get overly excited. Who would you back to defeat Tom Aspinall right now in the UFC heavyweight division in that in that very top echelon? Take Francis Ngannou out of the mix for the moment because he's injured. But look at the rest. I don't think there's a single heavyweight that I would back to beat Tom Aspinall. Curtis Blades would be a stylistic test for sure because his wrestling is just so good. But Aspinall is pretty solid in the wrestling department. He's got outstanding submissions and he's fast on his feet. So that would be an interesting one stylistically. But I still think I'd back him to beat Curtis Blades. I don't see anybody else in that heavyweight division who's going to give him a problem. Uh, I think Aspinall's ceiling is just so high. There's a certain Mr. John Jones who, when he eventually does return to action, would uh, is certainly going to be a factor at the top of that division, no doubt about that. Cyril Garn was cage side. He will be a factor, no doubt about that. I'm sure Tom and Cyril will meet at some point, either in England or in France. Uh, and who knows, maybe there might be an interim championship belt up for grabs when they do. But uh, the fight that Tom called for was, uh, I think, the perfect call-out. Taito Iwasa, absolutely perfect call-out. And if I could get that fight back here in the UK, that would be an absolutely dynamite main event for a fight night card or a massive fight to put on a UK pay-per-view card because Dana's talking about pay-per-views over here as well now, which is great. So, uh, But great performance from Tom Aspinall. But uh, you've heard enough about me talking about him. Let's hear from the man himself. This was Tom Aspinall backstage after his win. So, Tom, that was probably about as good as it could go, was it? That, or, wait, where's John Morgan? Why are you asking the first question, bro? <laughs> he just said, you know, take the blue polo shirt and go do it for me. Yeah, okay. You, look, you actually look quite similar these days. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> no, yeah, it couldn't have gone any better. That was the ideal performance. I truly thought I was going to go five rounds, you know, to get a guy like Volkov who has been finished twice in 45 fights out there in the first round. Just um, shows credit to my finishing ability. My finishing finishing ability is highest of the high level. You've always said that, you know, the grappling side of your game, you haven't really had a chance to show it. So are you happy with the submission or would you rather the knockout or how are you feeling about the finish? I do like knocking people out, I will be honest. For me, knocking someone out is better than submission. But I'll take the submission over five rounds all day. Like... Uh, that's one of my favourite submissions. Like, if, if I trap you in half guard, like, me and my dad have drilled that for years. 
years and years. If I get you in half guard, it's my favourite spot, so um, you ain't moving. You, you know, the, the storyline of uh, you haven't fought in front of a crowd yet and all that sort of stuff. Was it everything you dreamed of when you're walking out? Were you soaking in the moment? Could you block it out? How was it fighting in front of that crowd? And more. Everything I dreamed of and more. Unbelievable. But um, I see a lot of media and shit like that, people saying like, oh, he's going to feel the pressure when he, you know, fights in front of a crowd. Oh, he's going to feel the pressure with someone like Volkov, who's a veteran. And other people might feel the pressure. Other people are not me. So I'm different. After the fight, you called out an Australian in Thai Tuivasa? Yes, big fan of Thai. Big shout out to Thai. Is, the, is, the whole fight, is that whole fight just going to be about beer? Probably. I mean, no, what the whole fight, the reason why I called out Thai is, first of all, I'm a massive fan of his style. Second of all, massive fan of his personality. And uh, the crowd goes wild when he fights. And apparently, the crowd goes wild when I fight. So me and him in the UK, come on, bro, what a good time that would be. Let's line it up. Next UK card, get me a tie on, please. You mentioned you drink beer, but would you do, would, do you do shoeys? Is that something you do? I'm a shoey virgin at the moment, but if Ty wants to do one, I will big shout out Ty for doing his thing with the shoey. I started seeing that he's making money off that as well, so respect, man. Tom, just over here at the back. Hello. How are you, mate? Lovely suit, lovely suit. Thank you very much. Um, there was a lot of people coming into this fight saying, oh, we've not really seen Tom go past two rounds. We haven't seen his full mixed martial arts skill set if he has one. But I believe in under one round, you were able to display your complete mixed martial artist arsenal. Would you agree with that? Absolutely not. Why not? I didn't really show much, which uh, is what I like. I'll keep it that way every time if I can. Like, I want to be the biggest mystery in heavyweight MMA. Um, these people think they know about me. Nobody knows about me. These people think they know what they're up for against. Nobody knows what they're up against, so... Let's keep it a secret. <laughs> but if you keep finishing people like that, then you never need to show everyone your mixed martial arts skill set. And just, I wanted to mention, uh, you're someone who has always given Arnold Allen shine. You always talk about how underrated he is. Did you manage to catch his performance? I did, I did watch it. Do you know what? I just like seeing nice people do well in life in any, in any context. And I, see, I think uh, Arnold Allen, from what, I don't know him too well, to be honest, but from what I do know of him, I think he's a very nice person. And... Um, I think he's obviously very skilled and he showed it tonight and excellent performance. Congratulations, Arnold. And just finally, I want to say congratulations, Tom. You, it was a fantastic performance and enjoy your chips in grid. I knew you were going to say that <laughs> and I will. Thank you. Yes, Tom. Atherton represents. Oh, Atherton represents in the house. The <laughs> they actually announced it. I know, no, I, I told them to change it. I told them to change it. Thank you. How long have I been on to you about this? So has everybody else. <laughs> You're making people proud to be from our town because honestly, throughout as long as I've been, been there, man, you tell people near Manchester, near Manchester. But now you're making people proud to be from our town. It's still near Manchester, yeah. but... But you're still not saying Atherton it's, now. It's Atherton. Of Come course on. it's Atherton. You've and, had it uh, on the UFC. Don't nobody you? knows where it is. They do now. Don't they do now. They do so, now. Atherton in the house. How awesome has this whole experience been for you now that you can reflect on it? Like, you've handled everything so coolly. Nothing's really gone smoothly for you. Like, I was speaking to Dana before... You moved from early on in the card to the main event slot yep. very quickly. There was, you know, Volkov's appearance here was up in the air as well. We didn't, yep. we didn't know if that was going to happen or not. Um, there was talk about the event maybe being moved as well. What's it been like for you now? It was all worth it, man. Of course like, it was. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy few weeks with this whole stuff that's been going on. And uh, yeah, just glad that Volkov could come here and, and do his thing as well. Like, massive respect for Volkov. I didn't want to fight anybody else, you know what I mean? Like, Volkov, I've been watching him since he was the champ on M1 and on Bellator and all that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? And uh, I've watched all his UFC. Like, I'm just a big fan of Volkov, so I want to fight Volkov. And everyone rates him so highly, I didn't want to fight some other guy, do you know what I mean? So I'm so glad that we got to do it tonight and big respect to him. You're always very open with how you're feeling walking to the cage and on fight night. What was going through your mind when the announcements were being made and you were locking eyes with Volkov just before the fight was going to begin? Volkov would not take his eyes off me. Yeah. And, uh, Stone cold, wasn't I it? think he thought he was going to intimidate me, but... And that didn't happen? No. I actually laughed at it. Like, you can ask Till and my dad and Colin in the corner, like... I li like he was looking over and I just went, ha! <laughs> and uh, I think it was all downhill from there for him. Tom. Tom. Well done, man. Yes, yes. Let, yes. Oh. oh, thank you. Cool. Uh, Tom Volkov was ranked number six in the division. Yeah. Where do you think this win ranks you now in the um, division? To be honest with you, I'm not really interested in rankings. Like, um, if you're the champ, excellent. Anything other than the champ doesn't interest me. And Ty, uh, like you in his past, I think five fights hasn't gone past the second round either. How do you think a fight with Ty is going to go down? I mean, Ty's a finisher. I'm a finisher. Ty's a man of the people. Apparently these days, I'm a man of the people too. So what a good time that's going to be. Come on. Let's get Ty over to the UK. Thank you. So, hello. 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 You doing, mate? Um, so five fights in UFC. Four bonuses. Yes. That's always got to sound nice, isn't it? Uh, yeah. That's my favourite. Yeah. I thought you so in my eyes, you're breaking records. I have to work it out, the amount of time you spent in the cage in your first five fights. But you're on track to be breaking records in least oh, time really? spent in the cage and most fight night performances one as well. Sick. Sick. That's, first of all, that's just got to, first of all, for us as a UK fighter, we love that. You know, Brit, UK, I mean, UK, UK MMA scene is the fastest growing sport in the UK. And how, how does it feel to be <coughs> on top of that right now? people looking up to you, you know, at a young age? I mean, to me, because I'm so, like, new to the limelight and stuff, people, like, if someone tells me to look up to me, I think they're taking the piss. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even joking. I'm like, what? Um, so that's still a little bit weird. Um, but, like, people in my gym and UK people who I looked up to, like, obviously they inspired me. So when someone's doing it from the place that you're from, like, it becomes more reachable. That's a word, isn't it? Reachable, yeah. It becomes more reachable for uh, the other up-and-coming... Like, it seems more realistic that they can actually do it when someone's, like, in America or Brazil, Australia, Russia, wherever, and they're doing it, like, it It seems like, oh, they're... It's easy to do it from there, but it's difficult to do it from the UK, so now all those UK fighters are doing well, like, it's just brilliant for the next generation, I think. And out of your five fights you've had... I say which one's most memorable. They happen in a split second, do you know what I mean? But to you, which one was the most memorable? Was it like the Arlovsky fight, fighting a legend like him? Um, the Arlovsky fight was a big one, but um, no disrespect, Arlovsky's 42. And but to be fair, he's doing really well in his recent fights. Like, he's looked awesome. I think he's won six out of his last seven. The only one he's lost to me is to me. Uh, but people still look at him. This is not me. I took him completely serious, obviously. But people still look at him like an older guy. Um, and they shouldn't, because he's still really doing well. But everyone knows that Volkov 
is a threat to the whole division. He's one of the best in the world. So Volkov is by far my biggest win, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, that, I agree as well, mate. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks, Congratulations, mate. Thank Tom. you. Tom, um, you said on media day that you hadn't spoken to Dana White ever. Have you spoken to him since? Oh, we've had a few cuddles, mate, and everything. We've had a great time. You gave me a bottle of whiskey or whatever it was. By the way, good to see you in the... I'm glad that you've made it. That's oh, yeah, good stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had, we had a good chat and I just said, listen, I don't want to fly nowhere else. I want to bring the UFC here. Like, we need... The UK is doing so well. Stop flying us to other places. Like, we don't want to go to Abu Dhabi and Vegas and all that. We, we've done that. We've done that in COVID. And um, let's start bringing it here. Like... This is where it's at. This is where MMA is at now. And we've got so many good fighters. Let's bring it here again this year. Well, Dana did say that uh, because of tonight, he's looking to try and bring the UK back here again. So I'm assuming that's it. You want to be on that card. I, I told him. I told him, look, Dana, get me in the UK, please. Brilliant. Thanks, man. Congratulations. Thanks, Thank you. Hey, Tom, congrats on the victory. Thank you. The competition gets harder, but you're looking more impressive each time. Speed, a big advantage. How do you stay so cool, calm, and collected? And why are you getting better when the competition is getting better inside there? Um, do you know when you're very passionate about something, it becomes very easy to you. And there's a lot of people involved in MMA who just want to be cage fighters and just want to have the image of being a celebrity or... I don't know what people do it for. They want to be the local tough guy and be, yeah, I'm a big cage fighter, yeah, I've got to the UFC. Like, I am passionate about this sport beyond belief. Like, I love this sport, so it comes very natural to me. After you got the victory, Darren Till jumped on the cage alongside with you. Is it safe to say you're the better friend over Hamzat Chemaev? I think Hamzat's taking it, but he, I don't mind that. Too modest. Thank you. <laughs> Tom, right here, friend. When you're watching the rest of this full card, like all the finishes got bonuses tonight. Like not just you, normally it's three, but all nine of you got finishes. So when you're watching this fight and you're just like, Jesus Christ, what do I have to do to get a bonus after all of these? Um, I wasn't thinking about a bonus, to be honest. I seen Molly's elbow and I just thought, my bonus is gone straight away. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate it. Like that money goes a long way for someone, for all of us. I'm going to say someone like me, but 50 grand is a lot of money for anybody. So... I appreciate the 50 grand. No tears this time, though. No tears. <laughs> and obviously, you talked a lot about, you know, training with Tyson Fury, training with Rico Verhoon and everything. But I would have to imagine now that there's going to be young fighters that will come train with you, and they're going to be like, I trained with Tom Aspinall now. So have you thought about that? Like, now, young fighters in the UK are going to be looking at you as kind of the face of what they want to be. I don't know. I don't really think about, like, I don't really think about that kind of stuff, to be honest. If they do, any heavyweights, welcome. Tom, you know you said that you've never done a shoey before. You're a shoey virgin. Can I pop your cherry? No, I'll only do one with Ty, and I'm not going near your fucking shoe. That was disgusting. <laughs> I deliberately got, made them get a beer to make you do it. No, shoey. I'll have the beer. Oh, but give them the beer. When Ty comes to the UK, Ty will pop my cherry. So there we go, Tom Aspinall. And honestly, he is as chilled and as nice a guy in real life as you got on that press conference there. He's just... An absolute diamond of a bloke. I mean, we ended up backstage, say backstage, we ended up back at the fighter hotel afterwards, grabbed a couple of very expensive hotel bar beers. Um, needed a second mortgage to get around him for my fellow media colleagues at the bar, but we did it anyway. And uh, as we were wrapping up in the early hours of the morning to head home, um, 
who was it coming over to sort of shake every single one of us by the hand and and send us send us on our way with his best wishes but Tom Aspinall himself absolutely top man and uh a guy who I think is is going straight to the top I really do uh England is very excited for Tom Aspinall and how ironic it might be that when Francis Ngannou eventually gets himself 100% fit and has maybe had another fight against the John Jones or whoever it might be or a Stipe in his next fight that he's been talking about wanting to fight Tyson Fury in a boxing match and he might end up facing Tyson Fury's old sparring partner instead because Tom Aspinall is an old sparring partner of Tyson Fury's and uh, yeah it might work out somewhat differently. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out. But honestly, this country is very, very excited about what might be in the future for Tom Aspinall. He is the real deal. And to have a heavyweight contender on this side of the pond is beyond exciting. So uh, looking forward to seeing how he progresses because the sky's the limit for him. That was the main event. The co-main event was also absolute dynamite. Arnold Allen versus Dan Hooker. We knew before this bout it was going to be dynamite, but I don't think any of us could have predicted the firefight that we saw. Dan Hooker coming in, former lightweight contender, a guy who has been in there with some of the very, very best in the world, and a guy who has produced some big, big performances in the octagon and has had a habit of beating British fighters in the past got absolutely demolished by Arnold Allen. Let's not forget, Dan Hooker in 2020 went five rounds with Dustin Poirier. In 2021, he got finished by Michael Chandler only three seconds quicker than Arnold Allen managed on Saturday night. Islam Makachev got a submission finish against Dan Hooker in about the same sort of time as well. Arnold Allen is keeping some pretty high company because you don't finish... Dan Hooker, unless you are absolutely elite. Michael Chandler, two-time Bellator lightweight champion, did it in two minutes, 30 seconds. Islam Makachev, many people think he might be the best lightweight on the planet right now. He submitted him in 225. Arnold Allen finishes him with TKO by strikes and elbows, two minutes, 33 seconds. Unbelievable performance from Arnold Allen and so pleased for him because a lot of our fighters in the UK have got very big personalities that really translate well in interview, translate well on camera. And, you know, they're just larger than life characters. You know, Paddy the Baddy, Molly McCann, Darren Till. These are guys who they sort of leap off the screen when you see them being interviewed. But we've got other guys, and I would count Leon Edwards as one of them. Arnold Allen is in the same kind of, the same kind of bracket. Guys that are just legit, you know, they might not be the, you know, the most outgoing when it comes to sound bites. If you get them talking, you'll get some good stuff out of them. And Arnold Allen is definitely that. He's got a great sense of humor and uh, he's got an incredibly well-rounded skill set. His performance was exactly what the doctor ordered because he'd gone through his career and has built an incredible body of work. You know, he went into fight night 18 and one, sorry, uh, 17 and one when he went into the Dan Hooker fight. His previous four bouts, Jordan Ronaldo, Gilbert Melendez, Nick Lentz, and Sadiq Youssef, all wins, all by decision. So he went into this on an eight-fight win streak, but his last four were all by judges' decision. He hasn't really beaten 
a top, top, top marquee name. He gets Dan Hooker coming down from lightweight and takes him to the cleaners in half a round. 18 and one, gets the finish, first round, and immediately calls for a bout with Calvin Cater. Absolutely perfect call out. I love the matchup. I think that's exactly the kind of bout he needs to be going for. But finally, Arnold Allen is putting on the sort of performance that his talent has has hinted at throughout his entire career. We've seen strong performances, but this is the one that's really seen him break through. And I'm I'm delighted to have delighted to have seen it. And uh again, just like Aspinall, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. He is he's legit. And he's probably pound for pound the strongest man in the division at 145 pounds. He is an absolute tank of a human being. And uh, as you saw on Saturday night, he's got some serious power as well. Great performance from Arnold Allen. And let's hear from him during his post-fight press conference. That was not Faraz's game plan. (laughs) Um, I think I stuck to it about about 30 seconds. And then uh, I didn't stick to it. And I think Bisbin was eating a chip butty between rounds and there was a bit of butter on the canvas. And uh, I just slipped on it. Okay. So I just had to start pressure, pressure, pressure. And I thought, you know what? Mike's trying to stitch me up here. He doesn't want another British champ. And, uh, you know, but we got through it. We figured it out. Was it a case of the, the crowd spurring you on as soon as you had a, a sniff of an opportunity there? Or was it... Did you, did you know that as soon as there was an, an opportunity to finish that you would have took it with both hands? Because the speed in which you reacted to him dropping the guard and showing that he was hurt was, was unbelievable. Uh, no, like, not in a bad way, but I, I didn't really notice the crowd. Like, I get like a tunnel vision where I'm just, you know, I'm looking at my man and seeing what he's doing. And uh, yeah, I don't really usually react in emotion, but I saw the opportunity, so I took it. Congratulations on the win. Thanks, Ar- Arnold, how you doing, mate? Okay. Uh, first of all, congratulations on your win. Um, but as I say, your last four fights, you know, you've had some solid, gruelling, like, you know, to decision sort of fights. How does it feel to come in the UK now and get a finish like that in front of all these people? Yeah, it's, it's huge. To be honest, like, I'm, I know I'm a finisher. I know, well, I'm a decision guy, really, but I'm pretending now. But uh, I've got the power in my hands. Like, all my coaches tell me I hit hard, I, you know, I've put people down with body shots this far in. Like, it, you know, it just doesn't come out in the fight. I think the kind of style of opponents I've fought um, haven't allowed me to fight that way. You know, I nearly had it in the last fight, but then I broke my baby hands and, uh, yeah, yeah, that didn't happen. No disrespect to any of your previous opponents, but Dan Hooker maybe with the toughest test and it shows that you've got away and changed something. And, I mean, you finished one of the best guys in the division straight away. Yeah, uh, I always said like, the better guys I fight, the better I'm going to show up. So and he's the best guy I fought. He's the most dangerous guy by a country mile, like physically, his skill set. He's long as anything, and, you know, I'd show my best there. And one more thing from me. Um, I see you obviously train at a few different gyms as well, different experience. I've actually seen you training in a good friend of mine at Team Underground, Thomas Paul, deaf guy. He's actually one of my fighters, yeah. which was fantastic to see you fight, um, training with him as well. How important is it to get around these different gyms and mix it up? Yeah, of course, man. It's always important to, like, travel around, get out of your comfort zones, work with people you're not used to working with. And, uh, you know, this camp, I sort of had that opportunity to to work with people I'm, I'm not familiar with. And, uh, yeah, it, it sort of yeah, made me look at things a little bit different. Uh, thank you very much. And also thank you from Thomas Paul as well. I know he'd be saying thank you for helping yeah. him as well. Thank Arnold, you. Arnold, just over here. Who's that? 
you know who it is, man. Good to see you, mate. Good to see you too, Arnold. Um, I'm sure it was harder in there, but was that easier than you expected? No, uh, definitely wasn't easy, you know. It was months of driving up and down the country, uh, killing myself, training, having anxiety, you know, thinking all these stupid things and trying to drown those thoughts out of my hard work. And, uh, yeah, it definitely wasn't easy. I asked you on media day that if you felt this was, this was your big moment and you showed us that you took full advantage of that. So how does that make you feel now? Yeah, uh, I feel like I seized it with both hands and, and sort of did what I know I'm capable of. And, uh, you know, the better opponent I face, I still believe there's a lot more to go. You know, there's, there's more levels I can go up. And just finally, um, you said to me previously that in some fights you've had your opponents rocked, but you didn't, like, go, go completely hard on the finish. Was that going through your mind today? Like, when you had a hooker hurt, did that kind of go through your mind? And that's why you went <laughs> the way um, that you did? <laughs> No, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so I, when I hurt in the first shot, I saw his reaction, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I can hurt him, I got the power, and uh, then I thought, I had a little flurry, tried to finish, didn't finish, and I was kind of in limbo thinking, do I go back to the game plan, do I get back on him, but then I landed another shot, I was just like, ah, finish, try and finish. I uh, just want to say congratulations, Arnold, I'm so happy for you, and enjoy those meal deals. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Arnold, just to the back here, just here. Hi. Oh. Uh, you called out Cal uh, Calvin Cater. Can you talk a little bit about why you uh, chose to call him out? I don't, know. I don't remember that. <laughs> no, um, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's, I want to be in the top five. And, uh, top five and I, think he's top, I think he's top five. Yeah. And um, that's the fight that put me there. And we got offered that fight for a main event spot uh, last year or earlier in the year, I think. But I was out of injury, so yeah. Uh, what do you think about him as an opponent for you in terms of the star matchup? Yeah, I think it works really good. You know, he's less tall than this guy, so that works out. But um, yeah, like he's uh, predominantly a boxer. I'm predominantly a boxer, so it's a friendly fight, fan-friendly fight, and uh, I think I'm the better boxer. And, and in terms of when you know you'd like to get back in there, what what would make sense for you? Um. Well, I've got a good thing going on fighting once a year at the minute, so let's see what 2023 holds. Arnold, Thank uh, you. On that tip, uh, Calvin's manager told uh, one of our reporters that he's very interested in that fight with you, and they'd like Ooh. to do it in June. So do you think that would work for you? Mm, yeah, that could be. Uh, how, many months is it? how many months is that way? Four. Four? Three. Oh, you know, Jesus <laughs> Jesus. Um... Well, let me just finish the, the fight week, man. Let me get home first. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that, could, that could work. I think. Arnold, um, a lot was made about um, Dan Hooker cutting down to 145, and I just want to know, as someone who's just shared the, the cage with him, how, how did he feel in there? How do you think he looked? Uh, yeah, I, I personally didn't think it was like the best choice you know if anything someone like that like going up maybe again would be a good idea but um you know he knows his body and he knows how he feels but yeah i, I think his best works at lightweight and uh not a knock at him or anything obviously but um i don't i don't think making that extra cut is is a good choice and obviously we've got the um the title on the line um coming soon how do you see that fight playing out uh, i think volkanovsky is going to dominate that
Thanks, well, yeah, I think you even get a finish, to be fair. Thanks. Mm. Arnold, um, you said you had nerves over here, mate. Uh, yes. You said you had nerves coming into <clears throat> the fight. How do you combat those nerves and put on a performance like that? Uh, yeah, I, I, to be honest, I always have nerves, but I try and play it pretty cool. Um, just hard work. Just all the work in the training. And, you know, whenever you're having a negative thought, then I think about all the stuff I've done and all the work I put in and, you know, that, no, I should be thinking positive and I shouldn't be... These things, you know, I'm pretty good myself, so, yeah. And how will you <coughs> celebrate? Is it a meal deal at a truck stop or something else? <laughs> yeah, at this rate, I think I'm going to have to get a corner shop sandwich or something, so, yeah. Nice one, mate. Congratulations. Thank you, mate. Arnold, just over here. Um, talk to me about the state of British MMA. This is a massive night. It, it probably couldn't have gone any better for the British fighters as a whole. Um, <coughs> seems to be booming right now. Yeah, like, uh, the talent pool in the UK right now is massive, you know. If we don't have a champion soon, obviously we've got Leon Edwards fighting for the title. I don't know what date, but he is. And uh, yeah, there's going to be more British champions to come. I mean, you're on a massive winning run now as well. Um, do you see that British fighters need to do extra work to get that title shot? I mean, what's your thoughts on Brits being a little bit underplayed in that sense? Nah, to be honest, we've got it. it's half and half. If you've got a funny accent, sorry, <laughs> you'll get pushed. If you talk like a Suffolk <laughs> farmer like me, you won't get pushed. <laughs> anyone in particular with a funny accent there that you're referring to? No one. <laughs> Great stuff there from Arnold Allen. We've had the main event, we've had the co-main event, but arguably the guy that eclipsed everybody is the guy whose fight preceded both of those two. Paddy the Baddy Pimlet. Now, the jury may still be out on him as a, a world championship caliber lightweight because we're still only two fights into his UFC career. A lot of people want to push him far too quickly. But let's just enjoy what we have right here. We have an incredible, incredible prospect. A guy with remarkable charisma, a guy who can unite a crowd, a guy with just personality for days. He leaps off the screen and he goes in there and he puts on exciting fights. I mean, the first thing he said in his post-fight interview with Michael Bisbing was, are you not entertained? And anybody who watched that fight was certainly entertained. He beats Kazula Vargas by first round submission. And the great thing about, I'll say the great thing, the, the fun thing about Paddy Pimlet, and it'll be something that his coaches are desperately trying to address is Paddy looks vulnerable in fights. There's no way around it. You know, he's got this fighting style that does leave him open to shots every now and again. And he got caught early on by Kazula Vargas. Now, when I was in the building watching it live, I thought Vargas had rocked him. I've since watched it back on TV and I completely changed my opinion. Vargas didn't rock him. He did clip him. He absolutely clipped him. And Pimlet said so much in his post-fight interview. But I don't think he rocked him. And uh, after that shot, Vargas takes him down, but really had nothing for Paddy uh, on the mat. Eventually, they got back to the feet. Paddy performs a superb little judo throw, takes Vargas down in spectacular fashion. The crowd pops for that. Paddy then takes his back. The crowd pops for that. He laces the arm under the chin, locks up the choke. The crowd pops for that. Kazula Vargas taps and the place goes absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. And to be in an arena to see 
performances like this and to see crowd reactions like this is something really, really special. And the you know everybody wants to knock on this guy. I think you know people either absolutely adore Paddy or they just have a disliking for him. I'll tell you this: what you see is what you get with Paddy Pimblett. He's he's not putting any of this on. This is what he's like. This is what he's like. He's just a natural entertainer. Um, this is why he's got that that massive deal with Barstool stateside. They know what they're, you know, they know what they can say. But the thing is, he's just walking around being him. He's just walking around being him. You know, he's not he's not putting anything on. He's not putting on a massive act. This is Paddy the Baddy from Liverpool. And uh, if you don't like him, fine. But don't think he's putting this on. Don't think this is an act. There's no, there's no uh, histrionics here. This is just who he is. He's genuine. He's passionate about his city. He's passionate about the people of his city. And, uh, you know, whether you like him or not, he's got a heart of gold. What he wants to do to help people where he lives, um, scratch the surface when it comes to Paddy. Trust me, scratch the surface and you'll find an individual who I think you'll find it even easier to root for uh, when you realise just actually what motivates him. So, um, to see him going in there, former Cage Warriors champion, of course, featherweight champion, Paddy Pimlet, now fighting at lightweight. He's grown into his frame a little bit. And uh, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a big lump at 155 pounds now. Beats Kazula Vargas. Um, he's in no rush to move up to face top 15 opposition. He wants a bigger contract. And why not? Why not? And going into fight night, Dana White said, it's all well and good having the big walkout and having the crowd reaction all the rest of it. Can you fight and can you win? He'd only seen him do it once in the octagon before. Well, Dana was right there. It happened right in front of him on on Saturday night, and Dana was suitably impressed. So uh, I think big, big things ahead in Paddy's way. And uh, Paddy was his usual self when he got backstage, uh, grabbed some uh, some post fight pizza, took it up to the stage for for a chat with the media, and uh, here's what he had to say: "I was gangster." Yeah, it was sick, lad. I said what was going to happen, lad, and it happened. I looked a bit shit at the start, like, but, you know, I'm never in a boredom fight, am I? Is there some sense of massive achievement? Obviously, you yourself know exactly what you're capable of, and you say, first round finish, and, it, and that's what happens. That's what happened, lad. I don't talk shit. First round finish, lad, and I got it. As soon as I'd done that little J-throw through the judo throw and put him on his back, I was like, yeah, it's over now. I was thinking of flying triangle on that, but he kept holding my hand. Imagine how much it would have went off if I got that. We had a chat a couple of weeks ago and we talked about, you know, the amount of stress that's been in your life outside of the cage. Like, not a lot of people know that. And you've dealt with it brilliantly and you've been doing some amazing stuff for great causes. Is it, is it emotional now as well, having dealt with everything that you've dealt with outside of the cage? Ah, kid. Um, yeah, um, no, because I was put on this earth to do this, lad. Entertain people and beat people up. It's what I do. It's what I've, what I've done for years, lad. Been doing it since I was 15. Like, I started fighting when I was 16, training when I was 15, so... I was... I, lad, I've said it before. I reckon in a past life, lad, I was a gladiator in the Coliseum because I was just meant to do this. And having Molly do what she did right before you... Like, ah, did you see that, by the way? Unbelievable. Mo- oh. How do you like me now? 
<laughs> Molly sent that bird into the shadow realm, mate. That was heavy. Like, Molly sent that bird into the shadow realm. I was a bit concerned at first when she done it because I was thinking, whoa, is this, is she okay? Paddy, over here, mate. Over here, mate. Back this way. Oh, where? Where? Oh, yeah, yes, Paddy. Sir, Hello, mate. First of all, congratulations, mate. Um, Thanks, one fella. Three things to ask you. How does it feel to, one, shut the haters up, two, win in the UK, and three, alongside Molly? Lad, the funny thing is that the haters are going to hate still, lad. Oh, you couldn't even take him down. You got hit with a big punch. Uh, your defence is shit. But who won? You know what I mean? Who won, lad? It was me in the first round. Um, being on the same card as Molly's always brilliant. We, we feed off each other's energy. Watching her win in the back, lad, and me going bananas in the back just spared me on even more to go out there and get the first round finished like I said I was going to. And then the atmosphere when I walked out, the atmosphere when I won. That's, that's special. I'll tell you what, one thing Molly said when she come in, says you've got literally five minutes. As soon as Paddy comes out, you can all piss off, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's it, lad. Family business. That's it. Um, um, last one, mate. Just congratulations, mate, on your win. And I'm sure we're going to see you again very soon. Ah, lad, I, I hope so. I hope so. Liverpool's taking over, man. Paddy, yeah. just here to your right. Um, we saw on the screen there your reaction to Molly um, winning. Just can you talk about, you know, because we could only see it, we couldn't hear you. So what did you think? Me and Adam went bananas, lad. One of them used to fight as well, Adam Venti, one of our coaches. And you saw the reactions in the corner with Paul, Paul Ellis and Joe, and lad, it was special, you know what I mean? I still can't get over how heavy that knockout was. That's like a knockout of the year contender. I've never seen, I've never seen a woman go to sleep like that. That was scary. And you promised us, you know, the best walkout. It lived up to your, our expectations. Did it live up to your expectations? Yeah, that was heavy. That was proper heavy, lad. Just imagine that in Anfield. And speaking of heavy knockouts, I don't know if you saw um, Ilya Taporia or Hand Sanitizer Boy, as you call him. Um, he had a heavy knockout against uh, Jai Herbert, and then he called you a blonde, blonde bitch and wanted the fight. Just what, did you see the win? And if so, what were you I did, did. Give him his due, lad. It was, a, it was a good knockout. It was. It was a very good knockout, especially after taking that head kick in the first round. But if I hit him with that head kick, lad, I finish him. But as I say, he's just Hand Sanitizer Boy to me. A lion doesn't concern themselves with the opinions of sheep. You can... Paddy, just at the back, just going off of that, uh, when we spoke to Ilya, he said that he didn't think you had the balls to fight him. Is that a fight that you want, though? Everyone wants to fight me. Everyone wants to hang on my coattails. Know what I mean? No one knew who Willard Apodio was. Well, no one knew who Hans Sanitizer Boy was until he tried to start an altercation with me. No one knew who he was. And I I'm the draw. Everyone wants to fight me. And then after your win, when you ran out to the cage, we saw you go up to, to Dana White. You looked like you whispered something in his ear. What did you say? That's another 50 grand for me, isn't it, bro? <laughs> and um, I'm never in a boring fight. That's what I said to him, because I'm not. Got it with a big shot, and it was a sloppy takedown attempt for me, to be honest. Quite disappointed in my performance, but I got the first round finish, and that is all that matters. Thanks, congrats. Paddy, you, this has probably been one of the most exciting fight nights I've ever seen and the biggest cheer of the night was for you do you think you're ready to main event whatever card you're on next <coughs> i could have main events at this one i could have i was the people's main event but i'm not in no rush lad if the ufc don't want to put me in a main event yet they don't have to but i think you saw from the build-up and all the stuff the adverts and that i think they know who the next star is simple as
and this is probably a stupid question because I can see the pizza in front of you, but yeah. do you ever miss the six-pack when you uh, blow up between fights? I'd rather be fat and happy than ripped. And like These people who are ripped all year round aren't happy. I'm not arsed. I don't care what they say. <laughs> this six-pack sound. I look great, but I'd rather be fat and happy, lad. Cheers, Defo. man. Paddy, Brett. just here to your left. Talk to us. Uh, just here, mate. <laughs> yeah, man. Just talk to us about UFC Liverpool. Uh, you wanted to go to Liverpool. What would that mean for the city of Liverpool to have you, Molly, and maybe even Darren Till on that fight as well? be heavy like one way to describe it proper heavy UFC Anfield would be special you've never you've never seen nothing like it before or again them shows in Australia where they have like 60,000 people Anfield would blow them out the water and just talk to us about your career as well um, obviously it's a big statement tonight what can we what can we expect from Paddy the Baddy in the future Expect me to take over the show, lad. I told you this. The baddie uh, show. This, lad, the baddie show. Storm baddie arrived and swept the O2 right up. Yeah, that's it for me. Congratulations tonight, mate. Baddie right here. Congratulations on the win. Um, I'm just curious, you know, there's obviously the haters. There's also expectations now, comparisons to Connor and the UFC was calling you the, the fifth Beatle on social media today. Um, how do you kind of temper your own expectations and kind of stay grounded? Because I'm from Liverpool, lad. We don't... We're not Tories. We don't get ahead of ourselves. You know what I mean? My city keeps me grounded. Uh, I, I I hope I do end up earning as much money as Conor McGregor, lad. Then no no child in my city will ever eat from a food bank ever again. You know what I mean? I, I'm going to give back to my city. and Something I've been planning on doing the past few months is to start my own charity. And I think after this fight, I'm going to get it done. Lad, who wouldn't be interested in that fight, lad? You <laughs> know what I mean? Anyone on this roster got offered to fight Conor McGregor the same, yeah? You're getting pure dough in pay-per-view points. <laughs> Get that cash money in, yo. <laughs> Paddy, I just wondered if you had a message um, for, for baby Lee. Uh, I hope he had the time of his life. You know what I mean? He, it was funny, his dad texted me today. Same, but in the O2, just getting food. Now there's people coming up to us like we're celebrities. <laughs> people are coming up to him. I hope he had the time of his life tonight. And I just want to do everything I can for Lee and his family. Lee and his, his, his mum and his dad. And they're just unbelievable people. So strong. As I said on my Instagram yesterday, that little man is the biggest warrior I've ever met in my life. We might all be fighters, but he's fighting for his life every single day. And... He inspires me and motivates me to be a better person, never mind a better fighter. The opportunities I've got in front of me and the fact that he's fighting for his life every day, he's being told about four different times. Now he won't last the end of the week, he won't last the end of the month, and he's still here battling. And like What their family goes through, I just want to do everything in my power that I can to help them out. Paddy, over here at the back. Velvet, please. What's happening, lad? What's happening, lad? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Congratulations. By the way, that, that pizza's proper snide. <laughs> Where's that from? Pizza Express or something? That's fucking snide, that. Uh, firstly, congratulations on your performance today. Um, there, seems to be, there seems to have been a really special vibe throughout the whole fight week. I wanted to know what's been your favourite moment this fight week. Um, Apart from your not uh, finish, obviously. Everything, lad. I live for this. This, like, 
I've had cameras following me around all week, lad. It's mad because, as I say, I'm not the main event or the co-main event, but there's a camera following me around 24-7, not the co-main event and the main event. Like, without being a big-headed tool, I am the star of the show. That simple. And would you take a top 15 fight next, or do you want a few more in top 15? No, lad, I wouldn't take a top 15 fight. I'll, I'll be honest, lad, I wouldn't. Add some more zeros to my contract, and then I will. Like, I think I proved tonight that I deserve a new contract, not this little standard one. And just finally, I hope you enjoy your German doner kebab later. Oh, lad, it best be open by the time I get out of here. I think it shuts at 11. I'm going to be fuming with all you if I don't get this scoff. What time is it? Oh, fuck off, lad. You've just ruined me night. Yes, Robbie. Oh, lad, this pizza's like a... 2.8. I just swear it's proper snidlach. I can't wait to get back over to New York and do a proper pizza review with Dave because this is proper pony. Fast real sports, man. Best company in the world. Fucking love them. Uh, Paddy, over here. Uh, obviously, seeing how well, congratulations obviously on the win first, but seeing how well Liverpool football team are doing as well, has that spurred you on during camp as well? It must have. And are they going to win the league? Oh, we're going to win everything. We're going to win the quadruple this year. It's going to be heavy. It was sick before. It was in the back and I had a message of Harvey Elliott saying good luck. Yes, lad. You know that fella. Thank you. Um, and I've got my flight booked to Benfica, lad. I can't wait. The, the mighty Reds are taking over. Taking over in uh, Europe. Taking over the league. Just like I'm taking over the UFC. It's special times ahead. Love that. Congratulations on it, mate. Thank you very much. Paddy, just quickly, one more. Um, how do you and Molly get on with the banter with Liverpool and Everton? <laughs> I feel our last because obviously Everton are proper shit <laughs> and Liverpool are like one of the best teams in the world so some mornings like some mornings she'll come in after the weekend and I just won't mention nothing to her because I know her head's gone because Everton has snared and like we've just slapped Leeds 6-0 or something like that and I've been the game and she's been the game and they've been beat 1-0 and she's waterloading oh lad I swear I just don't mention it no more when he was half decent you could wind her up oh yeah now it's just you can't go there just gotta leave it to it lad that was yeah that's how hungry I was people have just had that proper shit pizza know what I mean so there we go Paddy the baddie Pimlet I mean yeah, he didn't rate the pizza very much, but I think you'll find it hard to find too many people who didn't rate his performance in the Octagon on Saturday night. Outstanding stuff from the baddie, and surely a main event at the Echo Arena is next for him. Surely it has to be. It has to be. And uh, joining him on that fight card has to be the meatball. Molly McCann, and I said what a genuine, what a genuine character Paddy is. So is Molly. And, you know, English MMA fans absolutely adore Molly McCann. She is unapologetically herself. She gets emotional going into fights. She gets emotional after fights. She gets emotional during fights sometimes. But what you see is what you get. She has a heart on her sleeve. And my goodness me, has she got some fighting spirit. My good, you know, win or lose, you know that when she walks out of the cage at the end of her fight, she has left absolutely everything in there. And against Luana Carolina, who was as tough as they come, Molly put on the best performance of her career. She really did. It was outstanding. 
that first round was just insane, the amount of punches that she threw. Somehow, Luana Carolina survived that round. Molly then was pretty smart in the second round in that she didn't try and repeat the trick and completely gas out. She turned to a little bit of wrestling, a little bit of grappling, was a bit more sparing in terms of how she used her energy, a bit more economical, clever. Won the round again. It meant that Carolina needed something big in the third round, and she came out and looked pretty good first minute or so, you know, throwing some good stuff, um, starting to give Molly a few, you know, a, f- a few little problems in the stand-up. And then they kind of tied up in the middle of the cage. And uh, as they separated, Molly threw a spinning back elbow that absolutely laid out Luana Carolina like a patio, just boom, flattened her. And that was it. It was knockout of the year. Surely that is knockout of the year. Certainly going to be female knockout of the year. You think about women's MMA, you don't get many scary, clean knockouts like that. I mean, three spring to mind. Ronda Rousey being knocked out by Holly Holm was probably the first big one that I can think of. That was then trumped by Valentina Shevchenko on Jessica Iyer, that incredible head kick. And I think joining that knockout as one of the scariest, most spectacular knockouts in women's UFC history is that spinning back elbow from Molly McCann on Saturday night. It was that good. It was that scary. And there was a lot of concern for Luana Carolina after that fight because she was down for a long time being tended to. And even as she came past pressure afterwards, she was not 100%. She probably should have been uh, on a chair or on a gurney or something because I'm not sure she should have been walking past. So let's just, you know, obviously that, that element to it is always difficult. This is a very, very tough sport. And when you see a spectacular knockout and you celebrate that, that skill, that talent, the ability to perform it and the result, there's obviously the other side of it. And that was what happened with Luana. Luana is okay. She's posted on Instagram, said she's okay. She was grateful for the crowd reaction. I know she got a very good round of applause from the crowd. Actually, the crowd were outstanding. Um, not just for the atmosphere, but their reaction to some of the losing fighters was great. Dan Hooker got an incredible reception as he made his way back. Um, obviously bitterly disappointed and, and well beaten uh, after his loss to Arnold Allen. The crowd were great with him. The crowd were great with Luana Carolina as well. So uh, shout out to the uh, the fans, particularly those on the walkway at the O2 as the fighters headed back. I thought that was a really nice touch and showed a bit of class. So yeah, just wanted to mention that. But Molly McCann, unbelievable performance from the meatball. And, uh, you know, she needs to she needs to be co-main to a Paddy Pimlet main event in the Echo. Um, and Darren Till needs to be on that card as well. And I think Darren will probably be quite happy to play third fiddle to those two, to be honest. Um, you know, he can be on that card as well. I mean, load that card and, and, and let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. I mean, there's so many options for the UFC now with all these Brits doing the business. One Brit who was doing the business and until he wasn't was Jai Herbert. Jai Herbert in the opening main card bout was lighting up Ilya Tapuria like a Christmas tree. It was just such a good performance from him. The first round was outstanding. He dropped Tapuria with a head kick. And to be honest, he kind of smothered his work a little bit and allowed Tapuria to, to, uh, to kind of wrestle his way to a breather against the fence and was able to, able to get himself a little bit of a um, 
a bit of recovery time, really clear the cobwebs a little bit. Herbert then lit him up again at the end of the round. And I think if it had gone on for another 30 to 40 seconds, Her- Herbert might even have got a finish um, because he was doing just so well in the stand-up. And then when Tapuria came out for round two and we looked to stand with Herbert again, I was stand- I was sitting there thinking, I, I don't think this is a great idea. You know, Herbert was absolutely lighting him up and it seemed like one-way traffic. But then Tapuria found this absolutely brilliant, brilliant combination. He went head, body, head, and uh, the shot to the the first shot to the head kind of just missed. The shot to the body was solid, and then the, the, he came over the top with the right hand, which was absolutely pe- absolutely perfect, absolutely perfect. I mean, Herbert in between the body shot and the knockout blow, Herbert actually caught Tapuria on the chin with a counter left, but it didn't have the power. He was leaning back and he wasn't, he wasn't really digging his toes into that. It was more just to sort of fend him off a little bit. And he didn't, it didn't have any effect. It could on another day have been the shot that ended the fight in his favor, but Tapuria just took it and straight over the top with a right hand monster KO. And that would have been knockout of the night without a doubt, were it not for what Molly McCann did in the very next bout. Brilliant performance from, from uh, Ilya Tapuria, who, for my money, needs to go straight back down to 45, and he can be a real problem at 145 pounds. I think he'll be a problem at 155 until he gets to that sort of top level when he's going to... He's, I think his size disadvantage is going to be a problem the higher up he goes. But he's still undefeated. He's an absolute beast. Get back to 45, and uh, I, think he could be a, I think he can be a serious contender at 45. That was the main card. Some great stuff on that main card. And the prelims were no different. Maquan Amerkani defeating Mike Grundy. Anaconda choke after 57 seconds. This was a bittersweet one. Mike Grundy, I'm sure you, some of you probably saw the pre-fight stories. He's He uh, he revealed that his father has a terminal illness. And uh, he was dedicating his performance on Saturday to his father, um, who was there at Cageside on Saturday. I think they might even have shown him on the broadcast before the fight. So you've got that storyline going into the bout. Then you've got Makwana Mekani's story going into the bout. He's lost three in a row. Like he's fighting for his UFC career. If he loses this, he's toast. You know, they're not, you know, they're not going to keep him on. Um, he needed to win that fight. Grundy had lost two in a row himself, but he was fighting for more than just his UFC record at that point. Uh, shot for a takedown, Makwana. Brilliant anticipation, snatches the neck, locks up the anaconda choke, and there was absolutely no way on earth that Mike Grundy was going to tap. I mean, given everything that I've just mentioned, there was no way on God's green earth that Mike Grundy was going to submit. And that's how it panned out. He did not submit. He ended up being choked unconscious. The fight was stopped, 57 seconds. Makwan Amekani claims an absolutely monumental win for his career. Delighted for him. Uh, I've met Maquan many times over the years on the European scene covering UFC events. And, you know, he's, uh, he's always, he's always had time for us. He's always been a really good, a really good guy to deal with. So from, from on his side of the coin, I'm delighted for him. For Mike Grundy, I'm absolutely crushed for him. I'm, I'm absolutely gutted for him. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, the result of a fight is, is, you know, to say it's secondary isn't even accurate. You know, it's not, it's completely 
irrelevant to what Mike is dealing with, with his family. And all I can do is wish him and his family all, all the, all the very best and uh, send him all the love that we can. And, uh, you know, just hope that, hope that he's able to, he's able to sort of deal with everything that that's coming. And, uh, and I hope that the UFC, when they look at the fact that Mike has now lost three on the spin, are have an air, you know, have, have, have some, have some compassion to his situation as well and keep him on because he is a talented fighter. He is an excellent fighter and I'd like to see him get another go. You know, Dana White said he's going to be back in the UK soon with the UFC. Get Mike on that card. Um, and you know, let's give him another go. He's a talented guy. He's a Commonwealth games medalist in wrestling. He conducts himself like an absolute pro and uh, he deserves he deserves to still be on that European roster for the UFC, but it was a tough one on Saturday night. Uh, moving on to other bouts on that preliminary card, big win for Sergey Pavlovich against Shamil Abdurakimov, first round TKO. Uh, but let's talk about Paul Craig. Paul Craig, unbelievable stuff from him. His go-to submission, his signature submission, the triangle choke. He does it again. It's like witchcraft at this point. Uh, Nikita Krilov is trying to knock his head off his shoulders with ground and pound and was a pretty good job of it, to be honest. And then Craig just slaps a triangle choke on and that's a wrap. Apparently he was whispering to him saying, it's over, it's over. And uh, it was over. Krilov taps, Craig wins and uh, yet another Paul Craig come from behind victory. Unbelievable stuff from the Bear Jew. And uh, he was in top form during fight week and he was on top form in the post-fight press conference as well. Let's have a little listen to Paul Craig. I had taken the last Jaffa cake in the house and he was <laughs> not happy, man. He was wanting to stop that fight. I've and, never uh, heard that analogy before. Have you never? At I had a, a UFC I, press I, conference. I had a big brother and uh, <laughs> if you took the, took the last Jaffa cake, that's what you were getting. <laughs> And you weren't, you weren't, sh you were shouting your mum, mum. You look calm in there, though. You look, look calm whilst that was happening. You know, I've been in this sport. Um, although it's just a blinky an eye, it's it, all these fights back to back set you up for this kind of stuff. Emotionally, I'm ready. Um, when I first joined the UFC, I wasn't um, very green, very naive. Didn't really understand the sport. Didn't really understand the emotional connection. Like now. I can control my emotions and I can use them to fuel me in fights. Um, but what a sport, let's be honest. One minute you're eating heavy ground and pound and the next minute you're whispering into his ear. And I don't know if any of can watch this back and you'll be able to see me. I grab him tight and I'm like, it's over. Like I'm in an action film, you know. <laughs> I absolutely love this sport. I love the emotion that I feel as I win, lose, draw, walk out to that octagon. Sitting here right now, I feel... There's something that people never, ever experience, and I get to do it regularly. The triangle finished as well. At what point did you realise that that was a very realistic possibility? And was it as soon as he took you to the ground, it was like, right? Yeah, it's wild. People are still trying to take me to the ground after seeing my back catalogue. Like you, you know that I'm not bad off my back in jiu-jitsu. But for some reason, they, they, they're like, no, I could defend that. I definitely could defend that. Paul Craig's triangle, pfft, easy work. And then when they're there, and I nearly caught the triangle just a couple of seconds before, um, and he slipped out because I was like, oh. Yeah. 
And then I could hear my corner, Brian, coach, tell me, shift the hips, get that leg in. And as soon as I've got that active butterfly guard, it's very, very hard not to me for not it's very hard for me not to catch a triangle. Like it's something I catch every day in the gym. Aimed at it trains with me will know. Like there's guys in the house that'll be watching this fight and they'll be like, Paul's gonna triangle him. I think everyone's a fan of the Anthony Smith call out as well. Where does that come from? And um, Glasgow as well, is that an official thing or is that you just putting that out there as you tell well, the UFC come come to well, Glasgow? I I'll tell you I'm I said something previously and I definitely didn't get in trouble for it. <laughs> right? I believe that the UK have the demand for MMA. Yeah. Like, we see this in this card. It was one of the quickest selling out shows. It's stacked with European and UK talent. Why would we not come back? This sport's meant to be watched live. This sport isn't meant to be watched the next morning. Uh, as like sitting in the couch with a coffee. This sport's to be watched with a beer. This sport's to be watched with a whiskey, with your friends. Like, having that debate with your friends. It's not meant to be up at five o'clock in the morning feeling knackered. And uh, by having more UK, European shows, it's only going to build the brand within this part of the world. So I am a massive advocate of pushing this. And having guys on the card, like myself, like Jack Shaw, like Tom Aspinall, this is what's going to push this sport within the UK and European scene. And that's what I want. Massive well done to you, mate. Thank you. Hi, Paul, mate. First of all, fantastic win again, mate. Like I said, um, we went, as soon as we saw you get taken, as soon as we saw you go on your back, everyone's saying, this is the normal world, you know, yep. we know what's going to happen soon enough, you know, and as you were saying, next thing you know, you're whispering in someone's ear. Yep. Get a bit of a reputation for that one, aren't you, at the moment? Yep. You know, it is, it's, 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 it's my submission, and I know, is it like uh, Brian Ortega's called T-City? Yeah. And I think I'm, I might need to change my name. <laughs> Uh, but the beard jujitsu is very, very good. It's, 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 it's effective for MMA. Who gave you that? Gallagher, Brian. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, for the coach, it's uh, Brian. It's, uh, the name comes from being part of the gym, and you only get a name if you're part of your fight team. So it's not like, remember when you're in high school, and you're going to call me Cool Johnny. Like, that's not what it's like. I'm just rotting up into school and like, trying to start a new nickname for myself. Right, you call me Cool Johnny, that's me. And it doesn't stick. This is one of these things where somebody maybe says something and it kind of sticks, and then it just keeps going. And that's how I got the name. Um, but the, my jiu-jitsu, is, it must be one of the best in that division. Um, I'm over the moon with how people can deem it so ineffective and believe that, no, no, that's not that dangerous. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful that people are taking uh, note of it now. Well, everyone said the same with Ronda Rousey with the armbar all the time. She's always putting armbars off. Yep. Someone will defend it. But again, same situation as yours. Yep. So now you're sitting on like, what, a five-win streak now in the UFC. Um, all finishes, I remember, by one, I think it may have been. So you had the Gustafsson fight cancelled last year. Is that something you'd like to run back again before? Or are you looking ahead of that now? Yeah, I'm looking ahead of that. You know, that was a fight to get me where I wanted to be. Um, in this sport... You can go on a different path after one or two fights. And I believe I'm on a different path. I believe I'm, I'm getting closer to that top five. And I think a fight against Anthony Smith, who's actually in the top five, could be that. If you look at the division, there's quite a lot of people that are already matched up. You know, the top four people are roughly looking to fight each other. So there's an opportunity for me. I have beaten Ankalaev. I've beaten Jamal Hill, um, who are in the top ten. So I'm not looking to run that fight back unless the two of them have got a strap around their waist. What I'm looking for is I'm looking for a new opponent, I'm looking for a new drive, and I'm looking for somebody that's going to bring out the best in me, who puts that fear in me. 
you know that fear that gets you up at half six in the morning to do the hard work, rather than lying in bed and being like, ah, it's fine, he's not in the top 15, so I'll not really work that hard. People will be listening now, mate, and congratulations. Again, Thank you very much. Uh, at Media Day, you seemed like you weren't as impressed as we were with Anthony Smith's jiu-jitsu game. You, you declared yours were better. But so overall, what do you make of Anthony's game if you do get matched up? You know, everybody in the top ten has an outstanding jiu-jitsu game. And they have an outstanding striking game and wrestling game. You need to be all round to be in this game. You can't have one thing unless you're the bear you. All you need is that bear jiu-jitsu, and if you, you've got that, then you can go to the top and you can be the champ. Do I think Anthony Smith's got good jiu-jitsu? Yes. Is it better than mine? I don't think so. I can't... I, I, he's not as hungry as me, and he's not got that... Putting himself in danger to get submissions. I hunt for submissions. And in that fight, there was times where people must have thought, oh, that's a real naked choke. Right, it wasn't a real naked choke. Oh, that triangle's nearly in. Oh, like, that's what I do. It's like telling a story. If the story I tell you is I wake up in the morning and I go through my day and I go to bed, that's not a very exciting story. What I do is I do this. Oh, oh, oh. So we, that's a sport. The sport's of entertainment. And I believe I entertain people when I step into that octagon. That's me. Who we got? Nobody. Sorry, Paul. Which one more? Um, you one doing? step closer then to the little kids going into school and saying they're doing the report on Paul Craig. Yep. Like you said. Um, how does that feel? And when you're going into these fights, do you think it is last chance to Like when you were getting the ground and pound there, and you think, could it be it for Paul? Do you feel that pressure going into the ring that every fight could be the last because you're on that journey, that last chance? Yep. As um, and I think that's fuel for me. If you believe this is the end game then you'll work harder. Because nobody wants to end this sport. I know I say 35, but I'm so close to that gold. And I, and I believe it. And going back maybe last year when I was like, yep, confirming the 35 number, I was like burned by the sport, you know? I had fights canceled, so I was like a wee bit emotional. I was like a stroppy kid who's taking his ball and he's going home like, nah, this is it. I'm throwing in the, I'm throwing in the towel. Because I'm annoyed. Because I'm not getting the recognition I deserve. What I believe with this fight, getting the victory, is I'll get the recognition and I'll get some sort of love from UFC fans. I need to talk, finally, just one more. I know you talk fondly about the Scottish crowd. How would it mean to you, apart from a title, to take the UFC to Scotland? Yep. How would that actually feel for you? That, would that be a bucket list type thing, yeah? Yep. The last time I was in Scotland, I didn't bring the mustard. I didn't have the minerals. Um, and, it, and it haunts me. It's one of these things that really hurt me, the fact that I couldn't show the fans of Scotland, my home country, what I can do. And it's like one of these things where, like, Paul, you need to go to Scotland and you need to get that victory back and you need to show them that you are the prodigal son of Scotland. Like, I want to be a Scottish legend. I want people to be like Paul Craig, the UFC Scottish guy. There's nobody else there, it's me. Hey, Paul. Thanks. Just over here. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good, how are you? You're looking sharp. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, you looked even sharper in there, by the way. Thank you very much. Um, so I, you touched on it a little bit there. I just want to ask you, how elated are you that you changed your mind about retirement? Can you put it into words? Yeah, you know, when I say I changed my mind, I didn't change my mind. <laughs> my partner went, nah, not today, son. Ruffled my hair, slapped my ass and sent me on the way out. <laughs> um, as I said, like, a woman can change her mind. And uh, she, she sat me down and she spoke to me uh, and she said to me, do you genuinely believe that you can walk away from this sport? Like, after this victory, you imagine walking away and just being like, yeah, I'm just betting nine. I just bet a title contender. I just bet a man who's went the distance with some of the top guys in this sport. 
and I could just walk away. I don't think I can, man. We're only getting started. I'm 34, and I'll be very damn close to getting the belt by the time I'm 35. There must be something very comfortable about your legs because it seems like everyone just wants to get stuck inside them. Yeah. Like, are you, are you coming on to me? You're dressed sharp. Are we, are we? I was. <laughs> no, you know, I, I, I can't understand it myself. You know, when we see guys in the, when I'm watching fights back myself and I'm like, ah, I'd be able to do that, I'd be able to beat that. People are doing the exact same things to watching my fight. They're like, Paul Craig, he's the easy work in this division. He's racked himself into the top 10 by triangle folk. I'm going to be able to beat him. We're going to see that I can't be beaten that easy. I've got something in me that won't allow me just to give up when I'm getting, like, they, that shoulder press that he was driving on to me, if you, I'm assuming he's watched the fight, you'll see that was heavy. He was so strong. Like, he's super, super strong, young, hungry, with all that experience. Spartan kicked me in the face. Like, <laughs> what a sport. But, like, I genuinely cannot believe this is the sport I do. I just want to say congratulations, Paul. I'm, uh, Paul, I'm super happy for you. You're a mixed martial artist in every sense of the word, so congratulations. Thank you very much, friend. Hi, Paul. How are you doing, my man? Uh, good, man. Um, I'm just curious. You said that the top four are kind of ready to fight each other now, and, I'm, and by the time you get to the title shot, who do you think will hold that belt? Do, so the question is, does Glover get beat off Yari? I don't think so. I think Glover's too old in the tooth, you know. He's experienced, he's been there, he's done it, he's been with the strikers, he's been with the wild men. You know, he has been in this sport for a long time. And I don't think Yari's got what it takes to beat him. I do believe that Ankalaev has got what it takes to beat him. Um, we've seen his, his fight last weekend where he went the five rounds, barely came out of the first gear. That's the guy I want to take the title because then... Once he gets that title, I can say, hey, I know a guy that beat you. We are second to spare. And that's the story that I would love to have. Him win the title and me take the title off him and be the first Scottish and the second UK champion. And, and stylistically, when you look at them top guys, who do you think provides you with the toughest matchup? Toughest matchup. You know, I would need to say there's nobody. I think you have to have that confidence. And I don't think it's being arrogant. I think you just have to have a little bit of self-belief that you're like, no, no, I can beat this guy. I can beat anybody you put in front of me. Just give me a couple of months and let me tweak a few things and make it slightly better and work in that triangle. Uh, good luck with it, mate. Can't wait to watch. Thank you very much, bro. Is that us? Paul, just a quick one over here. How you doing, man? Outside of yourself, who do you see having the best jiu-jitsu in the division? You know, there's loads of guys. I always used to look up to Damien Meyer. That's what my, my daughter's named after, Damien Meyer. Um, her name's Meyer, obviously, believe it or not. <laughs> um, I got to meet him. I got to see firsthand how good his jiu-jitsu is. So for me, he was a guy. Um, looking now, Charles, Charles Oliveira is dangerous. I love, uh, he's very long, levered like myself, creates a wicked submissions. In our division, I thought it was Krylov. I thought Krylov had the best in our division. Um, and he probably still does, but I just happened to beat him on the night. So there you go, the Bear Jew, Paul Craig, well and truly in the mix, ladies and gentlemen, at £205, wants Anthony Smith in Scotland at the Hydro in a five-round main event. Why not? Why not? I mean, that is a great matchup. And if the UFC are planning on coming back to the UK and want to try something a little bit different, I think Liverpool would be the natural place to go, if I'm honest. But if they don't do that, I think Scotland is a very good option and uh, Paul Craig would certainly love to 
headline at the Hydro, which is a great venue. So really good venue, great acoustics in that building. I was there for Bisbing versus Latis uh, back in 2015, I think it was July 2015. And uh, yeah, the atmosphere was off the charts on that night. So Paul Craig headline in there would be something pretty special. Um, <coughs> let's just wrap up final business. Jack Shaw beat Timur Valiev by unanimous decision. 29-28, 29-28, 29-27. Now the reason for that last scorecard was because Jack Shaw put on a brilliant final round. That final round was outstanding and um, dropped Valiev twice in that final round. I said on the preview show just how good Timo Valiev is and just what a great test this would be for Jack Shaw's credentials in that bantamweight division. And Jack passed with flying colours. The only thing missing was a finish. I'm disappointed for him that he hasn't got a $50,000 bonus, at least not officially. I hope that they... they uh, they maybe slipped him a few extra bucks because I thought that was one of the best the best fights of the night. I thought it was one of the best technical matchups on the card. I thought in terms of the level of the fighters and the skill set and the, the matchmaking, that was one that I had circled early on. And I think I mentioned it on the previous show. It delivered, thoroughly enjoyed that matchup. Valiev was brilliant. I thought he did such a great job, fought brilliantly in that fight. But just Jack was just was just better than him. That's just all it was. Jack was better than him, gets the decision win, and uh, there are bigger and better things in store for the tank as he moves forward in his UFC career. Still undefeated, Jack Shaw. Great performance from him. Uh, disappointed night for Corey McKenna. Uh, she lost out on a split decision to former Cage Fury fighting championships, strawweight champion Elise Reed. Uh, it was a split decision. One judge gave McKenna all three rounds, which I thought was interesting. I certainly didn't think she won all three. Um, the other two gave Reed the nod, 29-28. And I thought 29-28 either way would have been fair. I think at least Reed was probably throwing the heavier, the heavier shots. And uh, I don't think it was the very best from Corey McKenna. I think we've seen better from her, certainly from her Cage Warriors days. And even in the UFC, I think we've seen a little bit better from her. Just wasn't her night. She will be back. She's still incredibly young in this sport. She's got a great attitude and uh, she's training with a really good team at Team Alpha Male in California. So you can bet she'll be back better the next time we see her. And as I say, you know, one of the youngest fighters on the UFC roster. So, uh, you know, Defeats happen in mixed martial arts. This isn't boxing where a defeat completely derails your entire career. This is a learning a learning process, constant learning process. And uh, Corey McKenna will absolutely be back. Great win for Elise Reed. She had a tough introduction to the UFC on her debut. She's now got a win under her belt, and she'll be looking to move up those strawweight rankings. Uh, she's as tough and as gritty as they come. Check out some of her fights for CFFC on Fight Pass. Um, she's uh, she's a very easy fighter to follow and and uh, and and sort of to get behind because she's got that all action fighting style. She just never knows when she's beat. So um, good win for her. Uh, and the very first fight of the night, Mo Makayev, Mohammed Makayev, two time IMAF world champion, on his UFC debut, undefeated as an amateur, undefeated as a pro, takes on Cody Durden in front of 20,000 fans and finishes him in 58 seconds. What a way to introduce yourself 
to the UFC and the big stage. Unbelievable stuff. Um, I've met Mo a couple of times. He's got that sort of cheeky glint in his eye. His story is a remarkable one. I think I touched upon it on the preview show. A uh, refugee from, from Dagestan, him and his father come over to, to the UK, start a new life in Wigan in the northwest of England, just outside Manchester. Um, and uh, he's taken to MMA like a duck to water, had great success at the amateur level, turned pro with Brave Combat Federation, had some wins there. Now he's in the UFC, took on Cody Durden, who had who's picked up a, a, a big win recently himself. And he puts him away. Flying knee, then guillotine choke, game over. Gone in 58 seconds. Unbelievable stuff. Mo Mikhaev picks up a 50G bonus on his Octagon debut. Not a bad way to kick things off for the Punisher. What a fight night that was. What a fight night that was. Unbelievable stuff. Biggest gate in O2 history in terms of a sporting event. Uh, probably the biggest fight night the UFC's ever had. I thought ever had i think that's what dana white said biggest fight night ever and you know we've kick-started so many so many promising runs uh toward the top molly mccann is edging towards the top of the women's flyweight division paddy pimlet is an absolute superstar you could match him against a cleaning lady and everybody will tune in to watch arnold allen is a serious problem at 145 pounds and the uk has a bona fide legit heavyweight contender in Tom Aspinall. He's right there and he could be one win away from a belt or one win away from a title shot. It is very, very exciting to be an MMA fan in the UK right now. The fans went home from the O2 absolutely buzzing and uh, I'm looking forward to how all of these fighters progress from here. It's going to be a fantastic, fantastic year for the UFC in the UK. Sounds like they're going to come back for at least one more. We've also got Leon Edwards challenging Kamara Usman for the UFC welterweight title. Fingers crossed, July 2nd, UFC fight, uh, International Fight Week. That's what I'm hoping. Uh, watch the skies for the announcements on that. Darren Till's got to come back. So, you know, we've got a whole load of talent and it's, uh, you know, we've got this, this almost golden era now of of british mma fighters all making their way up and it's so exciting paul craig doing the business at light heavyweight as well you know he's not far off a title shot himself so so much going on so much going on and uh it's uh it's an exciting time to be a part of this this great great sport on this side of the pond right i'm gonna wrap things up because this was a big show we've got a lot packed into this if you stuck with us all the way through, thank you very much. If you've got more time to kill, hang on till the end. I'll put Dana White on the very end of this and uh, we'll put this bumper edition of the Brit Pack, the UFC London recap show up on the uh, every pl podcasting platform you can think of. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, we're on it. Uh, we're on Substack as well. Go to thebritpackmma.com. All the links you need are there, including to our social media. Feel free to hit us up. Uh, we'll get back to you with our, with our replies as and when we get them. Um, and uh, yeah, rate us, review us, give us some, give us some, uh, some positive feedback. Stroke our egos a little bit. We're enjoying doing this, but it's nice to hear from you lot as well. Um, big, 
big show coming down the line this weekend. One championship are doing one X, a 10 hour spectacular from Singapore. Check out the fight card. I can't, I won't even go down the fight card. It will take another 20 minutes to break it all down. Insanity is going to happen on that fight card. That's going to be a lot of fun. We've got grappling matchups. We've got MMA matchups. We've got Muay Thai matchups. We've got kickboxing matchups. And we've got one of the best Muay Thai fighters on the planet, Rod Tang, taking on Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson in a hybrid rules fight. Round one, three minutes Muay Thai in MMA gloves. Round two, three minutes MMA rules. Round three, three minutes Muay Thai rules. Round four, three more minutes MMA rules. No judges. If it goes to the end, they both deserve the draw. This isn't going to the judges. It's all about can Demetrius survive three minutes of hell from Rod Tang under Muay Thai rules. And if he can, he's probably going to take one of Rod Tang's limbs home with him in round two. But that's a big if. That is the co-main event. Main event, Angela Lee, Stamp Fairtex for the women's atomweight world title in MMA. Stamp Fairtex has already won the one world titles in Muay Thai and kickboxing. She can become a three-sport world champion if she beats Angela Lee, who's coming back after a two-year layoff having had a baby. So, so much going on. So much going on on that card. Check that out. But rate us, review us, subscribe to our YouTube, because that's where we're going to live very, very shortly when we turn to video. And we'll put Dana White at the end of this. This is a monster of a show. Thank you for joining us. And uh, hope you enjoyed the fights. I certainly did. Sandu certainly did. And we will be back next week to recap the coming weekend. Enjoy the fights as per usual. And we'll talk to you next week. Word is already spread. I gave bonuses to everybody that had a finish tonight. Total of nine bonuses. Um... Congratulations to everybody. Gate was $4.5 million, the biggest gate ever in O2 history. Um, and this was the biggest fight night of all time. Dana, when you, uh, you talked a lot this week about you know, how you weren't so concerned about the walkouts and things like that, but you were really excited about the talent on this card from this portion of the world. Right. Um, how do you, I mean, they couldn't have delivered any better, right? It seriously could not go any better. It was fucking unbelievable. Um, I just, I, I don't even know what to say. Uh, everybody can think about this. Everybody's been locked up for two and a half years. Some, some of these kids have been fighting in the apex or with no fans and, and stuff like that. And then to come in tonight in their home country and deliver the way that they did was a big night. And they're all fighting real people. These weren't like hometown setup fights. They, they fought tough guys. Dana, but, uh, with the main event as well, with Tom Aspinall representing... Oh, I still got this guy, yeah. Oh, no. That's all right. That's all right. Um, I mean, to that point, uh, with Tom Aspinall in the main event... Um, I feel like he's kind of part of this new wave of heavyweights, and I feel like Mick Maynard's done a really good job kind of rebuilding this division that was once considered a lot older. Um, how do you just feel about how this has come along and having guys like Tom Aspinall, like Tai Tuivasa, who are all in the top five now, are very close? He fought a real guy who's seen it all and done it all, durable, big, rangy, kicks hard, and went in there and made it look easy, you know? Uh, so now, I mean, this kid will break into the top five this week. And uh, now he's in the conversation to fight literally the best heavyweights in the world.
Yeah, and then the Komen, Arnold Allen, 9-0 and in the UFC now. Uh, there hasn't been many guys that have put a run like that together and not, either not got like a title shot or an interim title fight or something like that. Um, he said he wants to fight Calvin Cater. Do you feel like he's kind of in that upper echelon, should be headlining cards, things like that? He just, who he just beat tonight and the way that he beat him, um, you know, he, he got in there and went right to war with Hooker, uh, stood right in the pocket, didn't back down, and, and literally destroyed him, man. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, he's ready for anything now. T tonight we found out where that kid's really at, and he's ready. And as far as Patty, I mean, where, where did that performance show? I know you were getting asked a ton about him this week and to, you know, deliver like he did. Um, what's your perspective on him now? Yeah, this week I was getting tired of hearing, oh, wait till you see his walkout, wait till you see this and that. I'm like, I want to see him fight. <laughs> he needs to win. This, you know, uh, but he did, and he did spectacularly. Um, and when he was in trouble, he came back and, and, and turned a fight around and won. I'll give you an example. So, on my Instagram, I posted the, uh, the uh, you know, the face-offs yesterday from the, the heavyweight fight. Did 120,000 views on my Instagram. Patty's face-off did 1.3 million. So all the talk going on this fight about his walk-in and all the shit. Listen, it's real. This kid's got a ton of, a ton of hype behind him. And tonight he showed everybody that he's the real deal. And I know you don't match me on the night of the fight, but Ilya Tapuria got a big finish. Patty, they had their beef this week. Do you feel like that's kind of just a layup for you guys? No, I have no idea. I, I don't know what's next. I'm not even uh, – tonight was such a good night. Like, my brain is absolute mush tonight. I'm just uh, – and my voice and some other things too. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll get back home and, and, and figure out what's next. And tonight re-energized me and reminded me of what it's like to do fights over in the UK, man. We're coming back this year. I don't give a shit what the schedule is. We're gonna, we're gonna be moving some shit around when we get home. So, uh, you know, the way I look at it, you do, you do half the kids that won. You come back here and do a card with, with them and somebody else, and you take the other half of the kids to Abu Dhabi in October. So, just off the top of my head, that's what I'm thinking right now. And just last thing from me, uh, not to end it kind of on a downer note, but there's a lot of people uh, who saw the broadcast as cage side, so I didn't see, but they're wondering why uh, Nikita Krylov didn't get the Ukrainian flag shown on him and his. He asked not to. He asked to be, yeah. Uh, just any particular reason? I don't know. It's his personal shit. I don't care. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Dana, from a, a businessman's perspective and the fight fan that we all know that you are, this night was so successful for you. And when you look at it, break the card down, there's at least three or four we got guys on that card that could main event a stadium show, an arena show over here. Just how great is it to see how, how well it's gone? Arnold Allen, Molly, Paddy, Tom. It's been, it's been incredible, hasn't it? Yeah. Ask me that question again. <laughs> Just in terms of the excitement for the future of MMA in the UK, you've got four guys where you said you definitely want to come back. That gives you the option to say... Manchester, we could have Tom Aspinall main event. Liverpool, we could have Paddy Molly co-main event. You've got options in this country, and it's yeah. just great to see. I mean, coming in this week, I was saying this is the, the greatest batch of talent um, we've ever seen in, in, in the history of the UK. And uh, tonight we were going to find out, you know, how they were all going to do. And, I mean, they, they killed it. It couldn't be any better. So, yeah, I mean... That we have so many options now and so many things we could do. That's why I'm 
we're going to go home and I'm going to figure out immediately how to come back here. I don't know where we'll go or what we'll do yet, but like you just said, I, I have nothing but options. I mean, Tom had a lot of things to go through heading into this fight. There was the the going from sort of the, the early main event card to the main event with the with the change and everything, and then dealing with the, his opponent maybe not even coming over. How impressed were you with how well he's rose to the occasion? He's not fought in front of a crowd in two, three years. And was he on your radar prior to this as well? What, your, what were your pre-fight thoughts ahead of him before this even happened? Tom? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... You know, like I was telling him, he, he fought one of the best in the world tonight, and he made it look easy. He's going to break into the top five next week, and uh, when the rankings come out, and, and, and he's in the discussion now to fight anybody. It, it's it's uh, he, he he couldn't have uh, made a bigger or better statement than he did tonight. And, and just aside from tonight, this is just the last one from me. I spoke to Connor a, a few weeks ago, and he seemed so passionate and re-energized re about the fight game. Obviously, there's been the, the talk about Paddy and stuff, whether, whether that's going to go down down the line or, or who knows. But in terms of Connor's return, there's so many guys on the table. Nate Diaz trilogy, Maz Vidal, even mentioned Usman the other day. Uh, in your ideal scenario, who would you like to see Connor face, just off the top of your head? Connor's not cleared by his doctor yet. When he's cleared, I mean, some of these fights are going to happen this summer. We'll see what the landscape looks like, and we'll see where his head's at at that time, and we'll pick a fight for him. Dana, Dana just down to your right here. Yeah. Um, oh. with, with, the, with the nine, but the bonuses you gave out tonight, just run your name. Uh, with, uh, with all the bonuses you gave out tonight, was that just a case that you were very excited about how good the event was and you got backstage? And all the bonuses, yeah. Well, they had already done the bonuses. And uh, they were walking me through it, and I was like, fuck it. I'm in such a good mood, man. Give everybody a bonus. And they all deserved it. I mean, tonight couldn't have been a better night. You couldn't write a better script. It couldn't go any better than it did. The fights were awesome. Everybody fought their ass off. Kids who won, kids who lost. Yeah. Is this, would you say this is comparable to UFC Dublin back in the day when they had all the Irish guys win? Is this this version for England? I don't remember. I don't remember. All I know is tonight was fucking amazing. I sat there tonight and had one of the best times I've had in a long time. And yeah, you had a guest with you at ringside, Eddie Hearn and Anthony Joshua. I'm curious. I've heard Eddie say that he likes MMA, but he doesn't really understand it. Do you know what he thought of tonight's event and what he thought of the fights? They were all blown away. They were like, the, the, "This is our first MMA fight. This is incredible." And yeah, they had a blast. I mean. If you if you don't understand MMA or you don't whatever, if you sat in that crowd tonight and didn't have the best time of your life, you're you're fucking dead probably. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. It's just tonight. I do this every weekend, right? And I had the I had the best time ever tonight. So people were hitting me up from the states saying on TV this thing felt like a huge pay per view. Was he just? And it's the English crowd. The, the crowd when you're when you're home. And you can hear the chanting and, and all the stuff that's going on and the way that these, these people react to fights out here. And then you, the fights are off the charts. It just it doesn't get any... If you're a fight fan, it doesn't get any better. Yeah, we are very good. Um, last, was Eddie here just as a guest or is there some business going on? Yeah, yeah, no, just a guest, yeah. We're friends and I like Eddie a lot and, and, and he finally got the opportunity. 
Daniel, just Daniel, over right, here right. at the back. Uh, uh, were all the bonuses the usual 50,000, even the extra ones, or did, was it adjusted? Was what? Were all the bonuses the usual 50,000? No, all no, they're all 50,000, yeah. Yeah. And then Paul Craig was obviously called out Anthony Smith for a fight in Glasgow in, in June. Is that just wishful, wishful thinking, or is that... <laughs> Very. <laughs> and finally, uh, what did you make of Molly McCann's performance? I know you gave her a bonus, but uh, she ran out of the crowd, grabbed a UFC title, was running around with it outside. What did you make of her performance? I think she's a maniac, and I love everything about her. Um, you know, uh, she's fun. She's fun to watch. She's fun to listen to. Um, and, and, and her fights are fun. Both those girls fought their ass off tonight. And, and uh, yeah. Dana, Dana, to your right. Over here at the back. Yeah. Um, I think you touched on it a little bit, but there's been some rumors that there's a few um, events booked in the UK for the remainder of the year, and you're just waiting on a few things to confirm that's, them. That's not true. Not true? No, it's not true. That's fine. And to be To be honest with you, you know, um, I'm not going to be that honest with you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we absolutely positively did not book any other places here, and we're not looking at, at any other places till tonight. To, after tonight, we'll get back to the office, and we will figure something else out to come back once more this year. Um, Mike touched on it a little bit, but he said that Arnold Allen is now on a nine-fight win streak. If he gets one more, that's obviously ten, and... Surely he can't be denied a title, title shot after that, right? Arnold Allen, he's on a nine-fight win streak. If he gets a ten-fight win, would you consider him for a title then? I don't know, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, tonight was a big win for him, though. I mean, t to do what he did the way that he did it, big deal. And just finally, true or false, British MMA fans are the best fans in the world. Are, are British fans the best in the world? Yes. This is all I can say is if you've never been to a fight here, I don't give a shit where in the world you live, you need to come here and see a fight one of these days. It's just, it's a different, it's a different animal, man. It's a different experience. I wasn't even pissed when I got hit with like three beers at the end of the fight. <laughs> Who gives a shit? This was awesome. Thanks, Dana. Yeah. Where did you um, you know, with the reaction to tonight, would you ever consider putting on another pay-per-view over here like you did with UFC 204? Would you ever do a pay-per-view in Manchester? It's a great question. So the only thing that would have made tonight even better, if you can even make tonight any better, would have been if, if, if Usman and Leon were the, were the main event and, you know, Aspinall was the co-main event. Um, so the answer is yes. And I, and I wanted to do that. I wanted this card tonight to be a title fight. And I was going to move things around, try to make it happen, but Usman's hand wasn't ready. If uh, Leon was successful in uh, defeating Usman, would you be interested in him maybe having his first title defense as a pay-per-view here in the UK? I'm going to have a pay-per-view here. I will do it. I, I'll bring a title fight. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of Paddy, do you think he's ready for a main event now? Is Paddy ready for what? A main event. A what? Main event. <laughs> I was quick. I mean, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, his numbers say yes. His numbers say yes. He could headline a fight night. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, no. Daniel here. Um, have you checked uh, your Instagram? Oh, to your left here. Oh. Have you checked your Instagram to see if you got the message from Mohammed Makayev? He said that he messaged you four years ago on Instagram that he'd be in UFC. No, nobody told me that. I, I love sports. You know, Tom did too. 
Tom said when he was 12 years old, he met me at, at an arena, and, and he walked up to me, and he said, I'm going to fight for you someday, when he was 12. I love that shit. And in terms of Mo, what did you make of his performance? I mean, it was in fact. Yeah. Uh, everybody was tonight, man. It's just, it's, yeah, tonight was incredible. Dana, it's over here, man. Um, first of all, thank you so much for coming back to the UK. It's been a few years, and as you said, it couldn't have got any better. And I think in here, we could all agree with that completely. What a card it was. All fin amazing finishes and made the British look great, which is what we always like. Um, in regards to Paddy Pimlet, two fights in the UFC, and look how popular he is already. Are we seeing like another McGregor sort of coming through popularity-wise now? Because literally two fights in the UFC, and he's getting, as you said, 1.3 million views. On mine. I mean, uh, imagine what he did on UFCs and uh, imagine what he did this week for Barstool. Um, yeah, I, I, it's just, it's, it's one of those things when you have a guy that, that's as hot as this. He's, he's like um, O'Malley, too. I mean, O'Malley pulls big numbers. We've had a couple guys off the Contender Series that have pulled some big numbers. Um, I, I mean, that, that's, that's the best way I, I could... Uh, think to explain it if you look at some of the guys that have come off the contender series and we watch the numbers we see what they do you'll see these guys either move right to pay-per-view or we headline them or put them in strong positions on fight nights so um patty is definitely one of those guys that that, that could be one yeah i agree completely and one more for me is um i know you gave everyone the fight the night we were talking back here thinking dana's got his hands full who's going to get the fight bonuses tonight because there's so many to choose from um if you had to pick one just one fight well tonight. let me ask you the media let me throw this back at you <laughs> if i had to pick three i mean when you go back you think if you have to pick three you'd have to go with aspinall arnold allen right yeah you have to go with with arnold right and Molly. And Molly? That would be my top three. As I said, there's too many to choose from, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Craig came back. Craig was getting his ass whooped. Was about to get finished, right? He was on his back taking big shots, and he pulls that off. And then... Um, How many times has Paul Craig done that? Toporia was getting his ass whooped, too. Toporia was losing that fight. And he comes back with that big shot. And, and again, vicious, vicious knockout. Yeah. Not an easy night. Dana. Uh, Dana. Thank, thank you. Okay. Wait. If you had to pick one. If I had to pick one. Do you go with, do you go with Aspinall or do you go with Arnold? I'd go with Arnold because of literally this. He caught one on the chin so hard from Hooker and he took that. And yeah, he buckled back. too. Yeah. He buckled too and hung in the pocket, kept yeah. fighting, dropped the one knee, and then stayed there and kept we fighting. Had, we had Gunnar Nelson here, we trying to interview, and we're, he, we're all looking at the telly. So Gunnar come and joined us watching the fight because, like, what's going on? Why are you all looking this way, not that way, you know? So, yeah, mate, if I had to pick one, it would be the Arnold Allen fight. Yeah. Thank you had to pick one. Uh, Molly? Molly? Yeah. I had to pick one. I know. It was greatest female knockout you'll ever fucking see. Women do not knock women out like that. Huh? Yeah. That was a head kick, too. Kicking's a lot harder than hitting somebody with your arms, even if it's an elbow, man. Third round, she was exhausted. Ooh, look at him trying to sell the, the Molly one here. So, who'd you pick? It was Molly. I've never seen. Molly? Molly. 
holy shit. Holy. Oh, no. Uh, what, what would you, Dana, what would you say? If we chuck it back to you, Dana, what would you say? I agree with you on Arnold. Yeah, I'd have to go with Arnold. He, he, just not, he just beat the shit out of fucking Hooker. I mean, that's who just moved down a weight class to fight in the, in the lower weight class. Um, and he did it in, within seconds of the first round. And being crossed as well at the same time. And was hurt. It's true. And stayed right in there and kept it a dog fight. Yeah. Hey, Dana, to your right. Yeah. You brought up his name, Sugar Sean O'Malley. How would you compare the stardom of Patty Pimlet, second fight in with this arena, with the performance, to Sugar Sean O'Malley's stardom right now in the UFC? I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's close. They're 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 both huge. I mean, the difference between a guy like um, like Patty is these these guys that are from England or Brazil or China or whatever it is. They got a whole country behind them. You know what I mean? America doesn't really work like that. So when you can become a star like O'Malley is in America, it's it's a big deal. We knew this was a risky situation for Dan Hooker coming into this matchup, but after the loss here. Do you like this weight division for him moving forward, or do you want to see him going back up at 155? That's up to him. He came in and performed tonight. I mean, he made weight. He came in and went to war with a guy who's undefeated in this weight class, and uh, he can do whatever he wants to do. If you had to pick your favorite memory from tonight, aside from Molly's knockout, because that was spectacular, what would it be? You took the fucking thing that I was going to say. I, I know. Mean, that's rude. That is just rude. I had to pick something from tonight other than Molly. Huh? I, it would probably probably be Toporia. The Toporia fight kicked off the main card, and, and uh, Toporia has a, a hell of a chin. He took some big shots and knees, and what else did he get hit with? Something else, like maybe an elbow or something? Huh? Yeah. And then viciously knocks him out, which set up the molly. Yeah, Dana over here. Earlier this week when we spoke and you were saying about this was a huge night for this card to prove that perhaps there could be a stadium show in the UK down the road. So when you're talking about bringing a pay-per-view over here, is that what's in your mind, that that would be the stadium show perhaps? Well, no, I, I, you know, coming in this week, I thought that this was the greatest class of fighters going into a fight week ever in the history of the UK. And uh, were, were we right or were we wrong? And we were right tonight. We came in and they proved that they are. Um, yeah, what did you ask me? Did I answer your question? Not really. You were saying that tonight was such a big night for them to prove that, you know, if they can keep winning and keep that buzz, that there could be a stadium show. Surely they Oh, a stadium they, show. They couldn't have done much more, I guess, to what you were saying earlier this a week. Eddie Hearn looked at me tonight and said, you should do a stadium show after tonight, you know. Um, I'm going to tell you a couple reasons I don't like stadium shows. First of all, most of them are outdoors. And this is not a country you do shit outdoors, okay? <laughs> Let's just be honest. Um, and you don't get the type of same experience that you get in a stadium that you do. But the difference is here, you guys are used to it. You guys are used to watching things in the stadiums. I just think that things, you get a better event and a better atmosphere and a better experience in an arena. Yeah. And what, we were talking about Paul Craig as well and what he did tonight. 
Unbeaten is six now, five wins. Like, where do you see him in the lightweight division? Uh, sorry, lightweight, light heavyweight I, I don't know. He's just a fun guy to watch. The guy is always fun. You know, tell me when that guy's in a fight that sucks. He just never is. He, he goes out and goes for broke and tries to win. He's intense. Even at the weigh-ins, he's intense, you know. Um, he's a fun guy. Where do you think his ranking lies, roughly? Do I think what? Where do you think he ranks, roughly, after tonight? I don't know. I don't know. He's fun. Last, last one from me. Darren Till said uh, at the Q&A the other day that he wants Uriah Hall, and he thinks he could do that in the next few months. Does that interest you? Till? Yes. I just saw Till eating pizza backstage. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Till's back there eating pizza right now. I said, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you eating pizza? Huh? Yeah, who's he fighting? Huh? Yeah, yeah. He's got a fight. Hey, Dana, right here, second row. Right here. Um, obviously, the success of tonight is probably going to light a lot of fires under a lot of fighters from other countries now kind of looking for the same thing. What's the criteria in terms of going anywhere else in the world outside of the U.K. for the UFC? And is there anything in the works, say, in the next quarter? Well, first of all, we, we, we tried this and it worked out. You know, it worked. When I told you guys earlier, I'm not going to be that honest with you. You know, we, we, we had some problems. I was considering pulling out of here two weeks ago. I was going to refund everybody's tickets and go to Abu Dhabi. So, was that uh, the, uh, the roof or was there anything in... Uh, it's just, just, you know, the, the, there are certain things, you know, the world's a nutty place right now, man. It's not as easy to do to do business. And I said, I'm just not going to play games, man. I'm... I'm I'm going to go to places where I'm able to go and just run my business and do, do what I want to do. Um, but I can tell you this, we will definitely do France this year. We'll definitely do France. And uh, I will definitely come back here again. So this worked out. This, 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 this was fun for us to come here and do this event. We, we had a little bit of a a little wobbly a couple of weeks ago, but we got it worked out. We got it fixed, and um, people kept their word, and, and, and uh, we were able to come over here and do what we do. So I'm very happy in every sense of the word with, with this event, and I'm going to come back as soon as possible. Glad to hear it. Just one more quick one. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk, and I think you confirmed that Leon Edwards next, and uh, I know you said you want to do a pay-per-view here, but... The timing we've been hearing is kind of July for the Usman fight. Is is that the idea? Would International Fight Week make sense? Usman in July. Does that make sense in terms of timing? Usman in July. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Usman in July does make sense. Uh, we got to try to get that done when we get home. Would that be International Fight Week then? Yeah, probably. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Dana, um, I think you were you had Molly sat next to you during the paddy fight, did you? How yeah. was watching it? Alongside Molly, yeah, awesome. she was quite loud. Yeah. When they hit me up and said Molly wants to come out there and watch Patty's fight, can she? And I said, Yeah, have her come sit with me. So uh, she came out and she was pounding Howler head uh, out of the bottle <laughs> and going crazy, waiting for him to fight. She's awesome, man. She I is. love her. She is. And I'm sorry if you've answered this previously, but I was wondering with Nganu announcing that he might be out for about nine months or something like that with a knee injury. What's the possibility of an interim title being created for the heavyweight division? <clears throat> I mean, it's very possible. Do you, do you know how long his surgery is going to take to recover from? We find out this week. 
I think he said something like nine months. Yeah. If nine months is true, if it's going to take nine months for him to get cleared to start training again, I mean, that's almost a year before he would fight. So, yeah, we would do an interim title. And uh, I think if Aspinall's in the top five after this, him and Tuivasa are the only guys that either haven't fought in Ghana or fought for a belt. They've kind of called each other out or whatever. Is there a possibility that that could have an interim title attached to it? Or do you think that's, that's not quite ready for them I yet? I don't know. I don't know if you throw the kid in a title fight with Francis after, you know, after just breaking in to the top five. But, you know, crazier things have happened. Thanks very much, man. Cheers. Yeah. Stand here to your right. Uh, were McCann and Tapiria's opponents taken to the hospital after their knockout losses? Um, yeah, we went to the hospital. Uh, Herbert, McKenna. Carolina. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there any update on them? Because, you know, br quite brutal knockouts. No, not yet. We, we don't. They went in there for... Uh, Cat scans, mm -hmm. they're not done yet. I wanted to ask, after McCann's win, somehow she found a UFC belt. Uh, do you know where that came from? Yeah, it was, it, it was a replica. There was a kid in the front row getting his belt signed, and I don't know how the hell she saw it, but she went and snatched it from him. Did he get it back? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, I would ask you just a different event. Um, Peter Yan is fighting in a few weeks, and I believe his corner team haven't got visas, and it almost looks like um, he's trying to get likes of Henry Cejudo and Sean O'Malley in his corner. Do you know about that? Sean O'Malley. That those guys were in his corner? Or, you know, his, his corner team have been denied visas. You know oh, that? oh, oh. I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. Thank you. Uh, just a bit unrelated to tonight's event, but you mentioned Darren Till before. He's uh, struck quite the bromance with Kamzat Chimaev, and I know you're going for dinner with those guys tomorrow night in Vegas. I heard you say it this week. What have you made of, of that partnership between them and how good of a, of a move do you think it is for Darren Till? How good of a move is it for Darren Till to be partnering up with uh, Kamzat Chemaev and what do you make of that relationship between them? What do you think of the Darren Till-Kamzat Chemaev relationship? What do I think of it? Yeah. How good of a move do you think it is for him in terms of his career partnering up with someone like Kamzat? I think it's great for anybody's career to train with Hamzat. Um, everybody that trains with Hamzat believes that he's like the best MMA fighter in the world, that he's going to win a world title. Everybody that trains with him says it. Um, Till said it to me when I saw him here. And uh, those are the kind of guys you want to work with. You want to work with guys that beat your ass every day in the gym. <clears throat> um, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm glad that they're BFFs now. It's it's, uh, it's quite a I funny care? relationship, isn't it? It's, like a, a, it's quite a funny relationship. It's like a buddy cop movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, I'm happy. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. I'm happy for them. You know, you're I'm glad to, these two got together. And you're going for dinner with them tomorrow night. So you're third wheeling that buddy cop relationship. So I'm just asking... Obviously, you're fond of them both. You're going for dinner with them tomorrow night, so I'm just asking as a boss. Well, I like them both very much, yeah. Well, there we go. Darren Till bought me my first ever NFT. So, yeah. I'm, I, he I, loves I, that stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. An Ali NFT. Um, but, yeah, I, I like both guys a lot, and I'm happy they're hanging out together. <laughs> I'm glad you're happy for them. Yeah.
Dennis. I hope I gave you what you were looking for. Just here, to your right. Um, after the fight, after Paul Craig's fight, he called out Anthony Smith. Is that a fight that you like? Paul Craig, you call out Anthony Smith? I don't know. No? I don't make fights tonight. Fair enough. And one other one. Do you see Paul Craig as a genuine title contender? Because it was mentioned before, he's on a good run now. So do you see him maybe challenging for the belt in the near future if he gets another win? Who? Paul Craig. Oh, Paul Craig. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, he, he had a great win tonight. We'll see what's next for him. And like I said, he's a fun, exciting guy to watch. I, I don't know yet. Thank you. Good. Dane, right down here yeah. to you, to your left. Um, you talked about the, uh, the, the atmosphere and the noise that UK fans have made. And when we had a conversation earlier this week, you said you were looking forward to getting back to it. Where would you rank this crowd in the history of UFC UK fans? Rank what crowd this? Yeah, tonight's crowd. We've been here 10 times. Uh, I think, have we been to the O2 10 times? Or UK 10 times? Okay, so it's just, you know how hard it is to pick one of the, I mean, so many I don't remember, but, and, and again, tonight, like I said, reminded me how awesome it is to, to be over here in, in, in this type of crowd. So, but the rake, it, I, I don't know. I mean, as far as the fights and the crowd and everything tonight, I mean, it doesn't go any better than tonight did. The only thing that makes tonight better is Usman and, and Edwards is, is fought for the title tonight, you know. Um, but other than that, it's just tonight was the perfect night. So last quick one, um, since we're talking about anything here, how's the filming of Tough going right now with uh, Amanda and Juliana? And yeah, it's, it, it's been good. Yeah, it's over. We, we, we already wrapped the season, but uh, yeah, it was a good season. Um, starts off a little weird, but turns out good. <laughs> yeah, it was a good season. Do you know when they might fight? Um, no, not off the top of my head. We First of all, we got to figure out uh, when it's going to air. We, we don't know when it's going to air yet. So when, when they give us the time of the airing, then we figure out when the coaches will fight. And uh, you made a big fight recently between Michael Chandler and Tony Ferguson. Obviously, Tony Ferguson's had some rough losses of late. How important is this fight for his UFC future? Yeah, I mean, winning is always important here. Um, yeah, it would, it would, it's important.